I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. As Gen X gets older, grandparents are getting younger, and they seem to be worrying less about hip replacements and more about being hip. According to a 2019 survey by the American Association of Retired Persons, Gen X women were in their 40s when their first grandchild was born, while 96% of Americans become grandparents by the age of 65. This new generation of grandparents likes to stay away from the term grandparent altogether, opting for fun alternatives. Like Grams, for instance, or Glamour, or G Daddy, Big Pop, or pretty much any name you can think of that will double up as a rapper stage name. And this makes sense, you know, because would you be want to be called a grandparent in your forties? And also, the name Grandma comes with a lot of connotations, such as being old and out of date. Also, being called a Grandma or a Grandpa almost sounds like you're ready for your pension fund and a nursing home. And this kind of ageism can really affect those who are active professionally. Even more so for women who already have to prove themselves twice as much in the workplace. It would make sense then why, as the Wall Street Journal points out, more women are opting for alternative names such as Grams or Glamour than men do. Of course, in India, the situation differs a little as age comes with respect. And now, a question for our listeners: When you become a grandparent, would you rather go for the traditional names or pick more hip grandparent names for yourselves? For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hi, I'm Shorbury, and this is the deep dive, the 17th November 2023. Last Sunday, Subrata Roy's health declined, and he was admitted to Kokila Bain Thirubai Ambani Hospital in Mumbai. Two days later, on Tuesday. Due to a cardiorespiratory attack, Roy passed away at the age of seventy-five. Sahara Chief Subrata Roy, come to think of it, led a fantastical life, as they say, the stuff of movies. Born in nineteen forty-eight in a nondescript town in Bihar, Roy started Sahara India in nineteen seventy-eight with a capital of just rupees two thousand. Sahara eventually became a conglomerate, and once was even hailed by the Time magazine as the second largest employer in India after the Indian Railways. And over the years, many different people called Sahara Sri Subrata Roy many different things. To some, he was a visionary, a small-town man who truly understood India, a modern-day Robin Hood, so to say. To others, he was a megalomaniac afflicted with God complex. But first, let's talk about how Subrata Roy built his empire. Well, it started with collecting deposits from millions of poor Indians who had little to no access to India's formal banking services. His was a para banking venture which promised its investors of doubling the money over a period of time, and the venture took off rapidly, growing in the 80s and later in the late 90s. And Roy took the headquarters of his conglomerate to Lucknow. The days of glory had truly arrived. Sahara Parivar was expanding. In 1992, Sahara Group launched Hindi newspaper Rashtriya Sahara. In 2000, a TV channel called Sahara TV, which was later renamed as Sahara One. Then came an airline as well called Air Sahara, and the company was also investing in real estate. And during the late nineties, it started working on the ambitious Ambi Valley project near Pune, 
followed by global acquisitions, including the iconic Grosvenor House Hotel in London and a substantial stake in New York City's Plaza Hotel. Sahara was also, if you remember, the Indian cricket team's main sponsor from 2000 to 2012. Now, as Sahara was expanding, Subrata Roy was also becoming influential. For instance, his son's wedding, which took place in Lucknow in the year 2004, was attended by the who's who of Bollywood as well as politics, including Atul Bihari Vajpayee, Amitabh Bachchan and Kareena Kapoor to name a few. That wedding reportedly cost Rs. 552 crores. So everything was hunky-dory. That is, until the SEBI came calling. In 2010, market regulator SEBI banned two Sahara companies and Roy from raising money from the public. SEBI alleged that the company had collected over 24,000 crore rupees from three crore individuals illegally. A legal battle between the group and the market regulator ensued and eventually, in February 2014, the Supreme Court issued a non-bailable arrest warrant to Roy for contempt of court. And Subrata Roy was consequently arrested and lodged in Tihar jail till May 2016. A report in Money Control points out that while Roy has passed away, the contempt petition against him remains pending in the Supreme Court. And now, after his death, one question still remains unanswered. What will become of the rupees 25,000 crore that Sahara was forced to deposit with SEBI for further refund to investors? As per the most recent annual report, SEBI has disbursed a total of just rupees 138.07 crore in refunds to investors of two Sahara Group companies over a 11-year period, while the rest of the money still lies unclaimed. That raises the question, whose money was invested in Sahara after all? And before we sign off for the week, here is a third segment, One Last Thing, where we bring to you an offbeat story that you won't find in the headlines. Indian spiritual startups prove that technology has only brought us closer to God as they make use of live streaming and AI to capitalize on the country's rabbit faith. I mean, only recently the co-founder of a spiritual tech startup told Inc. 42 that a group of Indian cricket fans organized an e-puja, donating rupees 25 lakhs to seek blessings. According to expert market research, the Indian faith market stands at $58.56 billion. With industry experts telling Inc. 42 that they expect spiritual startups to capture around 10% of it. Startups in this space such as AstroTalk and Vama are providing everything from astrology consultations to e-darshans at much lower than traditional prices. And this has made it easy and convenient for consumers to stay connected with their culture and faith. It makes sense then as to why most of the consumers are NRIs and users aged between 25 to 35. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd also love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. This episode was researched and written by Dhruv Sharma and Anoop Simbal. Edited by Dinesh Narayanan. Produced by Manaswini. Mastered and mixed by Manasin Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.